Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome to our Thursday, May 12th, 2016 edition of Beyond the Gate Radio. Yes, we are here once again with returning guest, Garnet Schauhauser. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Anyway, he's a retired lawyer who lives near Victoria on Vancouver Island with his wife, Kathy, and little dog, Abby. Garnet, now an author, was a guest on a show for the first time on August 16, 2015, when he introduced his first two books, Dancing on a Stamp and Dancing Forever with Spirit. Gardner has just completed another book, Dance of Heavenly Bliss. Tonight we will be interviewing him about his new book, and we will ask him to also talk about his first two books for those who may not have heard the first show with him. To find out more about Garnet, please visit his website. Garnet, okay, I'm going to spell it out. So get your pens ready, and it's already posted as a link on the show page. G-A-R-N-E-T-S-C-H-U-L-H-A-U-S-E-R.com. Please also visit his other sites, which we have posted on the show page at the bottom of the introduction, which is located below the sideshow. My name is David Baker. I'm your host, and welcome in to Sherelle Baker, the co-host. Hello, Sherelle. How are you doing today? Great, David. Thank you. Um, I'm glad to be back here on the show. How are you doing today? Fabulous, especially after the rains we had and, you know, the fine weather we have here. That's only had the water of the yard. Once in the last six months, I believe. So that's wonderful. And I, I don't know if the drought is over or El Nino is the one that filled in for the drought, but let's hope the drought is over. So other than that, I'm fine. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Garnet. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. 
Hi, David. Thank you uh, for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here again. Thank you. We're very happy to have you, too. Yes, we're happy to have you. Thank you. So you've been very busy yourself. I mean, you're just pumping out those beautiful books with wonderful words in them and everything. So I'm not sure if you're going to, you know, how many books you're going to publish or whatever, but, you know, you're climbing up the stairs and making all these wonderful books. Could you tell us a little about how you got started with the first book and then a little bit about the second one, and then we can go into this one. That way people can, you know, get an idea of how this all came to be. For sure. Well, it all started off, uh, it, it was back in, in 2007 when I was still practicing law. I was a corporate lawyer for like 34 years. And in 2007, um, uh, I was walking down the street one sunny afternoon in May uh, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a homeless man jumped out in front of me. And he looked like a typical homeless person. He had you know, long stringy hair and a scraggly beard and dirty slept-in clothes. But there was something very different about him. He had these amazing sparkling blue eyes that seemed to be penetrating deep within me, right down to the depths of my soul. And I sensed that he knew everything about me, everything I'd ever said or done in my life. And he knew my, my hopes and aspirations, my fears and anxieties, and even my deepest and darkest secrets which is quite amazing because we had never met before. I'd never seen this man before. At the same time, his gaze was sending me this wave of pure, unconditional love that was infusing my whole body with an amazing sense of peace and security and well-being. It was an amazing feeling. So I stood there like a deer caught in the headlights, uh, like I was in a time warp. I'm not sure how long I stood there, but eventually he broke the spell by saying to me, why are you here? Then he promptly disappeared into a nearby store. And when I finally collected my wits, uh, I went into the store to try to find him. I needed to find out who he was and why he had stopped me. But he was nowhere to be seen in the store, and I went back out onto the street, and I walked up and down for several blocks hoping to spot him, but he had seemingly disappeared into thin air. So the next day, the very same time, the very same street, I went back to try to find him, hoping I could spot him again. And after I walked up and down for several blocks, I finally saw him sitting all alone on a bench. So I walked up to him and I said, who are you and why did you stop me the other day? And he said, I'm a soul just like you and I'm here to answer your questions and help you on your journey. And so that was the beginning of a dialogue that I had with this man and went off and on for the next several months. And I found out his name was Albert and he was actually one of my spirit guides in disguise. And he told me that I was the only one who could see him in physical form as the homeless man. And he said that had other people been walking by the bench that day when we started our conversation, they would have seen me sitting all alone on the bench. They wouldn't have seen Albert. Wow. And so he, he told me that um, he, he had come to answer my questions, you know, all the big questions of life that I had been asking myself over and over, you know, for many years, like, who am I, why am I here, what's my life's purpose, and what happens to me when I die? So he answered all those questions and many others that arose from his answers, and then he told me that he, wasn't, he didn't come just to satisfy my curiosity. He wanted me to write a book about his revelations so they'd be available to everyone. And I was reluctant to do so at first because I'd never even dreamed of writing a book. It wasn't anywhere on my radar screen. But he was gently persuasive and persistent, 
and eventually he convinced me that I should write the manuscript for my first book, Dancing on a Stamp. And that book uh, basically it, it, uh, describes a dialogue I had with Elbert that went off and on for a number of months, as I said, where uh, he, I ask him questions and he answers them, and he answers all the big questions and many others. Um, and those revelations are all described in my first book, Dancing on a Stamp. And then when I finished the first book, he disappeared out of my life for a period, and then suddenly came back into my life in a very different sort of uh, encounter. Um, I woke up one night and I, and I saw this ghost-like ethereal figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom. And when it moved closer towards the foot of my bed, I could see it was my old friend Albert, but he was in astral form. And I said, you know, hi, Albert, what brings you here this time? He said, I'm here to take you on a series of astral travels, out-of-body adventures. I'm going to take you to the spirit side, to other places in the universe and other places on earth because I want you to write about the things you see and, and the people that you meet. And so he did, and, and he, he basically then just reached out and grabbed my astral hand, pulled my astral body out of my physical body, and we rose up through the ceiling, up through the clouds, to a high spot above our beautiful planet. And then he led me through a shimmering doorway to the spirit side. And that was my very first adventure, uh, astral adventure with him. He took me on many others that I de described in my second book, Dancing Forever with Spirit. And then when, you, when I when we finished the adventures for uh, Dancing Forever with Spirit, he again disappeared out of my life for a while so I could write the manuscript for my second book. Um, and then later he reappeared once again in astral form in my bedroom like he did before and took me on a new series of astral adventures, uh, which I describe in my third book, Dance of Heavenly Bliss, which has just been released in March. So that's my history of the, my encounters with Albert. Uh, he's a very fascinating, wise, compassionate soul, um, and I very much uh, enjoyed writing about my adventures with him, which uh, which I've described in my books. That's totally amazing. And I've wondered, I guess, the world is changing, but you know, years ago, when I started to get into this, I didn't really talk about, I started studying my spirituality and spiritual gifts in about 1969, 1970, somewhere around there. At that time, I got out of the uh, army and was working for the federal government and learned how to astral travel and study psychic abilities and all that. But I didn't dare talk about because, you know, I've seen some guests on TV and they kind of made fun of them. You couldn't call on a radio show and tell about They'd laugh you off the air and people would snicker. You know, I'm just... But now times have changed, and you're, you know, competent individual, well-educated person, worked, you know, I mean, somebody that I would least expect to bend or have an open mind about something like this. So this experience must have been so profound that it really, you know, picked your curiosity, and you decided to follow through just to say, yeah, what's really going on here? And And then I guess it floored you, and then you couldn't stop the, a dialogue with this person because you must have gotten some amazing answers from this individual. And not everybody meets your spirit guide like that. They meet them in their dreams, in their astral travels, in a meditation, or sometimes they, the uh, spiritual figure will come to the bedroom or something and talk to them. But I've had people, including myself, see what we thought was an angel at a certain time or a guide appear for you before you to help you out, then disappear. And, you know, just seconds later, you look around and there's 
hundreds of feet between where you were and where they could hide in a few seconds and they just vanished. So, you know, your experience is another unique experience and it's totally genuine and real. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was a, quite a transformational experience for me, David. Uh, it was like, I mean, before that, I was just a typical straight-laced, button-down corporate lawyer, you know, wearing uh, navy pinstripe suits. And uh, I never talked about spirituality or religion or anything else. And so it was, it was quite, a, quite a, a change for me. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and the reason it happened was because he was such an amazing person. He had, uh, a, you know, a, amazing sparkling blue eyes, and he had fantastic answers, sincere answers that really uh, resonated with me. And so I knew, like, right, you know, from the, from the first five minutes of my conversation, I knew this guy really was who he said he was. He was my spirit guide. He was from the spirit realm. And I really put a lot of faith in what he told me, and and I was uh, and, and I really signed on to his revelations. So from that point onward, um, that was in May of 2007. About one year later, I retired from the law because it just didn't seem relevant to me anymore. And I knew that I that Albert had set me off on a new path in my life, uh, a much different path from the one I'd been on before. And I was really uh, really decided that that's where I needed to go. And, and I was uh, you know and after having made that change in my life, I'm really quite happy uh, to have done so. It was a, an amazing experience, and I continue to have you know contact with Albert, and uh, I really enjoy writing about my uh, his revelations and my adventures. It's just uh, it's been an amazing experience for me. So I'm not sure if this is a metaphor or an allergy analogy or a comparison, but you no. Know, a little kid, David, had a little slinging rock. Nobody could defeat the giant. This kid did. Bam. So I'm, then, I, you know, because your experience reminds me of that. And, and another way of thinking, now, this, you know, you're, well, I'd say, you know, corporate attorney, you know, have a very good professional career, very, very, wealthy and important people listen to you. So why would you not meet somebody that looks like a Wall Street type or attorney, half-power attorney sitting on a bench, approach you? Would you have listened to him? And why do you think that he came in the form of a, a bigger or a homeless person that you would listen to rather than somebody else? That's a good question. You know, I, uh, I did ask him that. I asked him that, David. He said that he thought that uh, he really wanted to sort of uh, uh, sort of wake me up to, to sort of the, uh, to, to what I've been doing in my life so far, and he said it would have been too easy for him to appear as sort of a like one of my corporate clients because I would have been too too ready to sit down and listen to him, and he wanted to really challenge me. He wanted to challenge me to make me realize that there are other people in the world besides my corporate clients and my partners and colleagues uh, that have important things to say. And, and so he, he really wanted to challenge me to see if I could really, uh, you know, suffer my way through to sit down and talk with this homeless man on a bench on a street. And uh, so, and he did, he did, he did really challenge me because, because initially, you know, when he first said that, you know, I'm here to help you on your journey, my, my skeptical lawyer brain kicked in and I said to him, well, why do you think you could help me when you can't even help yourself? Because you've been, looks like you've been sleeping on the street for weeks and you smell like a dead fish. I mean, my skepticism really welled up, and I was yeah. just about ready to go back to my office. And, 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 but he smiled at me, and he said, you know, looks can be deceiving because you look like you're a very successful corporate lawyer with everything under control, 
but we both know that's just a facade. He said, if you want, turn around and go back to your office and see if you can find the answers you've been seeking all these years on all those emails waiting for you on the computer, or you can sit down and have a chat with me. And so luckily my intuition then said, you know, this guy may just be a phony baloney and, uh, and, and uh, you know, I may be, may be wasting my time with him, but what have I got to lose? A half an hour of my time? Let's take a chance. And so I was glad I did. And, and I think that he really wanted me, to, he really wanted to challenge me to, to make me, make me really want to be curious and sit down and talk with him. And, and so that's why he appeared as a homeless man. And that's amazing. That that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. you know, isn't it amazing how you'll be somewhere on a vacation in a prison or somewhere and suddenly you just meet this person and as soon as they start speaking, there's something different about them and then you may never see them again and wonder, you know, what's this person doing here? They could be a teacher. They're, you know, I don't understand where all this is coming from. So, you know, it really catches your attention and you're hooked. And he did a really good job of that. Now, during the journeys and the information that's passed on to you, you're putting in the books for the listeners here. There are, are messages to show another way of looking at life or a way we can do things to, you know, be ourselves, to feel better. What kind of messages has he been giving you to write about? Well, in my very first book, of course, he answered all the big questions in terms of, like, you know, who am I? He said, well, you're a soul. You're an eternal soul, just like uh, all the other humans on, on the planet and, and, and souls on other planets and souls on the spirit side. You came from a, a wonderful, beautiful paradise called uh, the spirit side or the other side or some people call it heaven. That is your true home, he told me. That's where you came from. And you're taking a brief sojourn, a brief journey in a human body here on Earth and you chose to do that so you could learn and experience things that, that you need for your evolution and growth as a soul. So that's, that's who I am. That's who you are. Uh, that's who everyone is. Uh, and, and that's where we came from, and we came here to learn and experience things. And he said that we chose our lives. We chose the major circumstances of our lives beforehand. When, when we prepared, before we were born, we prepared life plans. And those life plans, we would pick out significant aspects of our lives, like the place we'd be born, the first language we'd learn, um, our names, the identities of our parents and siblings and aunts and uncles and grandparents and other people who played an important role in our life. And, and we chose all that for the purposes of trying to face some challenges and learn some lessons that we needed. And we, we had the cooperation of the other souls who would play major roles in our lives because they had to agree to be part of my life and I had to agree to be part of their life. And so that's sort of how we came here. It wasn't God or the source who put us here for some reason. We chose it ourselves. And, and, and the other aspect, which is a major revelation, was that he said, you know, uh, God or the source um, doesn't make rules for us to follow, contrary to what a, a lot of organized religions tell us, that God has made a whole bunch of rules, and if we go follow these rules, we will hurt and offend God, and that God will punish us if we don't make amends. Um, he says God, doesn't make, God or the source does not make rules, um, uh, doesn't control or manipulate events on our planet, and there's no judgment or punishment after we die. There's no hell. And everyone, no matter what they did on Earth, go back to the spirit side when our physical bodies die. So that's quite a major deviation from what I had been taught growing up in a Roman Catholic family. Um, and so it was quite, uh, it was quite different, and, and it really resonated with me because it really made sense to me because I had rejected a lot of the beliefs of my religion you know, a while back, thinking that they didn't make a lot of sense to me. 
So here he came in with his revelations, which filled that void and made me feel very comfortable with, with who I was and, and where I was going. So that, that was his, that was his in, the, in my first book, that was sort of the major point of telling him exactly how the cycle of reincarnation uh, on earth works, you know, where we came from and where we're going back to. So that gave me a lot of comfort. And in, in my astral travels, he took me to, uh, you know, see people on the spirit side. Uh, in, in my very first engagement uh, on the spirit side, I actually had an encounter with some of my loved ones who had passed on before me, like my mother and father and my brother and various aunts and uncles and grandparents. Um, and, and that just reaffirmed in my mind what he had told me before is that everyone, uh, all of our loved ones who passed on go back to the spirit side. They don't cease to exist. They actually uh, continue to exist in a very wonderful place called the spirit side. Uh, and, and that, he, as he told me, that when, it, when we all cross over, we'll be met by a welcoming party of, of you know, our past over relatives who'll be there to embrace us with uh, unconditional love and welcome us back home. And so that was a that, that was really a nice confirmation for me. Um, and and and, and uh, all the the various places that he took me to see were designed to show me, um, designed to uh, uh, teach me a lesson and all. In fact, all of humanity a lesson about some aspect of our lives or give us a nugget of wisdom. And that's all designed to sort of uh, help us understand the vast diversity of life on our universe and to help us with our journeys that we're currently struggling with, uh, you know, as humans on this planet. And, and so it, it, it just, he, he had a very set agenda for me, David. He, uh, it, it wasn't sort of random. He knew exactly where he wanted to take me. He never told me beforehand where we're going or who we, we would meet. But it was all very interesting and, and designed to impart some wisdom on, you know, to me that I could relate to the readers of my book. So um, it was very, very well designed and set out. And, uh, you know, he's a very wise soul who knew exactly what he wanted me to see and who he wanted me to meet so I could write about it in my books. That's to- totally amazing. Totally what I teach and believe in whenever I either give my talks or whatever. That, you know, first, course there's free will because why would certain things be allowed to happen if it wasn't allowed to happen and that's for a certain reason you know on earth here all these different things if we don't experience then we can't grow and spiritually progress I believe so you know if murder mayhem or somebody helping somebody else all those different combinations of things you know we're like in a school and we're learning right now both good and bad. We learn from that. And uh, we're allowed to do that by the Creator. But, but look at this. You can't flap your arms and fly, and you can't walk through a wall. So that's limited what the Creator allows you to do, but everything else is allowed, so that must be good. You know what I mean? Uh, the Creator didn't create a certain belief system. And secondly, you know, everybody's experience is important. And I, I suppose you reincarnate several times to get the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, and that really helps you understand all aspects of it. Otherwise, how can you eventually teach others? Because, you know, everybody here on Earth is not on the same level. So yeah. you know, there's some people that know better than others. So that that's probably part of it there. And, and then as far as your spiritual experiences go... Um, I don't know. Do you think it's just restricted to what your mission is, what you do now, or do you have uh, paid cognitive abilities and mediumistic abilities as well, do you think? 
Do I personally mean David? Yeah, it seems like that you'd be a psychic and a medium. You have that gift because you're able to do all this. Uh, I'm I'm just guessing that maybe you can see other spirits, perhaps, if necessary. Uh, I've I've been asked that question a lot. Actually, I, I don't have contact with other spirits uh, other than Albert, uh, not that I'm aware of or remember. Um, I, I would love to be able to be uh, like you are, a, you know, a, a psychic or a medium and have uh, contact with various spirits and, and, and allow me to, you know, do readings for people who are, you know, anxious about what happened to their loved ones or what they should do in their life, but I haven't been able to do that yet. So, so far my, my uh, ability has been limited to my contacts with Albert. And I've asked him if he would be willing to uh, allow me to do readings for people like uh, like you do, David. And he said, not at this time. He said, maybe in the future. But right now, he wants me to focus on what he's showing me so I can just write about it. And so that's my current focus. Maybe sometime later I can. Uh, but right now, that's that's my only contact with, uh, with the spirit side. Other than, of course, I have contact with many spirits on the spirit side when I travel there astrally with Albert. And I've met a lot of people, some of my relatives, and I've... Uh, and, and, and a lot of other people that have lived on this planet, but that doesn't continue once I'm sort of back in my physical body. So that's the extent of my uh, of, of my ability so far. I'd love to be able to have your talent, David, uh, but it hasn't developed yet. Well, I've heard many stories from many people that didn't have the ability that had similar experiences that you report. You know, similar. You don't have to be a psychic or medium to experience it. Anybody can, because we all have eternal souls, it's energy, and it's all capable of the same thing. But maybe that person that one of them I was talking to had the gift of song, you know, amazing gift, but they couldn't see spirits. And then they brought me to the house and say, here, yeah, play this guitar and sing. And they would laugh me out of the house, but I could see spirits. And they can't. In other words, we all have uh, a gift that may be tweaked more than another, you know, here on earth. We all have different gifts, I suppose. But one day, if, if you're spirit guide ever give you permission I'd be glad to uh, give you some really good tips or some teaching you know uh, I appreciate that David if you to help you out there because uh, I'm, I'm glad you're interested in it just the fact that you're interested in it means that eventually you will have that opportunity now I'm looking at this from a, a psychic perspective that I believe that you will be doing it sometime in the near future so I'm just giving you a little, little mini reading here <laughs> You know, I'm I'm thrilled to hear that because I, I I really do want to get into that, and I just you know, and I asked Albert every once in a while when it's going to happen, and he sort of just puts me off. But I'm glad to hear what you're telling me, and I certainly work towards that. Yes, and I would definitely say okay, Garnet, let's start doing it because what I'll be doing is violating walking your path, and so I'd have to be ethical about it. I'd have to wait for him to give you permission before I even start doing it. it that is if I'm the one that's meant to help you out in, this, in that particular situation which I'd be most happy to do but so we'll see what happens but so now your you know your latest book here how is it different than the first two it, you know Dance of Heavenly Bliss has it progressed to another like uh, pulling from one message and transitioning to another message I think it is different from the uh, uh, my first set of astral adventures, which which I described in Dancing Forever Spirit, because he takes me to different places and I see different things. 
but I think the theme is pretty consistent throughout. It, it's it's there just to uh, to, to uh, uh, demonstrate to people that um, we're all on very unique journeys on this planet, uh, and and everyone is has different goals and different challenges and different lessons to face. So one of the themes, of course, is that don't judge other people because you don't know where they've been, you don't know how many lives they've lived, you don't know where they've lived. You don't know how many challenges they have faced already in their lives or what they may face in the future. So one of the things is don't judge other people because we're all unique souls, unique entities, and we all have very different journeys. And so that's one of the, that's one of the themes. The other theme is that he wants us to know that there is a vast diversity of life you know, in our universe. It's not just life on our planet. There's life on millions and millions of other planets uh, you know, in many different kinds of life forms. Some of them are much more intelligent than humans. And, and, and there are civilizations on other planets that don't have to deal with the, the uh, negative emotions that we have to deal with on Earth, like, you know, anger, fear, hate, jealousy, greed, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, and a lot of civilizations get along just fine. They don't fight. They don't abuse each other. They don't murder and kill each other. They don't have wars. And so he wanted me to, just to see that, you know, look at, um, you know, it is possible for humans to change their course of action and, and, and to get rid of their negative emotions and, and embrace love and compassion because there have been other civilizations that, are still, that, that have done that successfully and are living uh, in, in very peaceful, harmonious lives. And so he, he's just sort of like an eye-opener to say, look, at, you know, uh, humans got to stop thinking that they're the only game in town because they aren't and, 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 that, and that we really need to change our ways because uh, the way we've been abusing each other and the other creatures in our planet and our, our planet itself, Mother Earth herself, the way we've been carrying on is not going to end very, very uh, happily for us unless we change our ways. So that was really the other major theme was we need to, we need to wake up and, and stop doing what we've been doing and change our ways and, and move forward on the path of spiritual enlightenment. So, uh, and so all these little trips I had with him in, 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 in uh, you know, Dancing uh, Heavenly Bliss and Dancing Forever Spirit were all designed to sort of uh, give us a, a little picture of a glimpse of, uh, of, of other people's lives and the challenges they faced and uh, how other civilizations in our universe have managed to work out their problems with the hope that we can sort of learn from that. Wow. So your books and stages is pretty much a recurrent theme, but with more information. Uh, you finished the first book and said, oh, man, I wish you'd written more. Read the second book. Oh, my goodness. But I still have questions. Read the third book. Oh, my goodness. My questions are answered. And, and that, that's good. I have a feeling you're not done writing yet, and I have a feeling that you, you know, you should be going to talks to help people because I, I, I feel like I'm talking to a teacher here. I, I'm saying yeah. that yeah, you're a teacher. <laughs> not only well, that, thank you. yeah. I, t- I take that as a compliment. Thank you for saying that, David. Uh, and yeah, in answer to your question, uh, book four is nearly finished. Book four is more astral adventures with Albert to try to, you know, answer some unanswered questions that may be out there. Uh, and, and so basically I'm, I'm in sort of uh, under his tutelage. I mean, if Albert says that we're going on a trip, then I go on a trip. If he says I'm writing, you know, he told me I was going to write four books and, and I've nearly finished the fourth. If he tells me I'm writing more, I'll just follow his guidance. I'm sort of following his marching orders. So he has, he has things that he wants people to know about, and I'm just his messenger. So I'll, I'll do whatever he asks me to do, David. See, and you, you never told me that. I just picked that up, and I told you about writing the additional books, and I think he's going to have you either write more or start speaking. 
to live people, audiences, which I think you'd be very successful at because people are leaving certain belief systems these days or want to discover something and they're looking for better answers than they're getting now and they hear somebody like you speak and these are real truths. I think that would help a lot of people. And on the question of life elsewhere, you know, there's a couple of camps on earth. I don't know. Maybe we have been visited, but the government's covering it up. And some people think that we are, but they're, you know, benevolent aliens. But a lot of people think they're benevolent and really here for peaceful purposes. And scientists are desperately looking for life and, there's evidence of Goldilocks planets, which would be an ideal planet around the sun, the right distance and size to support life. You know, but at least minds are opening up now. Yeah. And who could say? Yeah. You no, know, there's billions and billions of not only stars, but galaxies which contain millions of stars. The creator, I'm sure, created not only an infinite universe, but infinite life. You know, otherwise, why just have yellow flowers in your garden, and that's it. Why not have a rainbow? So I'm sure the universe is a rainbow of life. And I totally believe that there are many civilizations, some that are way advanced, some that are just, you know, coming out of the uh, ocean and crawling for the first time, and then there's us, (laughs) the uh, caveman-type civilization compared to them, because we're advanced with all this technology. You know, it's amazing coming up really quickly and advancing very quickly but as far as having why do we still have wars 2016 not 1516 you know what I mean so I get what you're saying people need to wake up more and start thinking and so that's why Albert is here and every person he touches you write a book and you touch more people and hopefully they will touch more people and the world will start to change and that's why I like having people like you on here because you make a big positive change uh, in this world of ours. Well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate your comments, David. And, and yes, you are right. Um, there's more and more people who are awakening to the problems that we have and, and, and are eager to find a solution to get us on the right path. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the, you know, the things that Albert told me was that humanity is at a crucial crossroads right now and that we have very advanced technology. You're right, David. But our emotional and spiritual intelligence has not kept pace with our with our technology, and and that's why we still have to you know be ruled too much by our negative emotions uh, by too many people, and that's why we have wars and murders and terrorist acts and genocides and so on. And he says we really got to change our ways because we have the, the capability, we have the weapons of mass destruction that, if unleashed, could destroy all life on our planet. And he doesn't want that to happen. Uh, the good spirits in the spirit realm don't want that to happen, and they've been doing their best to send messages through many different channels, uh, you know, through people like me who write books and people like yourself, David, who hosts radio shows and, and conducts readings and people who speak at public gatherings. And the idea is to try to bombard humanity with the same message over and over again and to wake up more and more people so that we can actually change our ways before it's too late. And he's very optimistic that we can do that, but he says we have to work hard at it and we have a long ways to go um, and he, he, he doesn't want us to crash and burn like some of the earlier human civilizations did that were very advanced technologically, like Atlantis and Lemuria and even a few others we haven't even heard of. Uh, and so, you know, uh, humans on this planet have been, been through this uh, movie many times before, 
and it hasn't gone well before, and they're hoping that this time we can pull it off. Yeah, I don't believe that we're going to have a nuclear war that wipes out mankind or a giant asteroid that hits us. You know, our creator is smart. We need to come here to learn, and why let something like that happen to destroy all our work and, and the creator's work and everything like that doesn't make sense. I know we can have big scares and close calls that we can learn from. I think that's probably what's in the future, but I'm not seeing anything, any catastrophe that will wipe out all living things on this earth, not during our lifetime. You know, I mean, I know if it's inevitable that sometime in the future that this may happen and things need to start all over somewhere else if we're going to, you know, use up all the resources on this planet. But I was reading an article, and somebody said there's more than enough resources for everybody on the planet. There's no reason why there should be, you know, people starving and, and people getting fat off of eating all these foods that they don't need. You see what I mean? I mean, there's enough for everybody on this planet. So I guess that's another lesson we have to learn, you know. So that's very true. why we're going to stay the, here. One of the things that Albert said was that, you know, basically, uh, you know, the uh, we, we humans abuse each other through, like, through direct violence. We also abuse each other through neglect by, by not sharing the resources that we have. So the wealthy nations don't share enough with the poor nations. And then all too often, the leaders of the poor nations grab whatever resources their country has and take it for themselves. So there's just a, just a whole series of, of uh, greed um, uh, governing uh, countries and governing our lives and not enough sharing. And you're right, there is enough resources for everyone. It's just a matter of uh, uh, you know, trying to convince humans that we need to share, we need to em- embrace our fellow humans with love and compassion and share what we have. And we, don't, we do that for sure, but we don't do enough of it, David, and that's why... There are some people in the world who starve, don't have enough food or enough clean water to drink, which is really I, a shame. It is. And, you know, I, I never, you know, whatever people believe in stuff or say right or wrong or, I mean, I just don't get in, uh, make it a point to go out of my way and say, well, I don't like your belief system because, you know, God doesn't send people to hell or somebody, whatever. You know, what I'm trying to say is I don't like to get into that. Uh, but why are, you know, in the Middle East, for example, my wife and I were seeing that ISIS was attacking, you know, there's different sects over the Shiites and Sunnis and all that. Like, well, they were killing us, but we're out of there and now they're killing each other. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I thought religion was peaceful. There's a cartoon that I saw. I posted it one time on Facebook. There's two aliens flying in a flying saucer, and they're approaching Earth. And you can see all these mushroom clouds, like atomic bomb blasts, all around the planet. And um, one guy said, all right, Bork, what's that all about? And Bork said, oh, they're just fighting over to show which religion is the most peaceful religion, you know. And you got all these bomb blasts (laughs) going off, so... I mean, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to knock religion or anybody's belief system. You know, it's up to them to think for themselves and see how it makes them feel. But, you know, that's I'm allowed my opinion. That's my perspective because I remain open-minded. And I'm not afraid to die or where I'm going after, when I die because I know where I'm going. I've seen it already. So I'm happy about that. One thing that um, I always wonder about is, you know, with both of you talking about how, you know, this is a school and this is a journey, what I hear from 
some sources that say, okay, if you didn't learn everything that you needed to learn, when you come back, you have to do it all over again. So is that something that, that is that, are you finding it true? Is that the truth? Well, yeah, what Albert did say is that we do, we do have definite lessons and uh, experiences that, that we want to encounter in our travels. And, and if we set out to, to face some lessons and then we, and we fail to meet the challenges, he says when you get back to the spirit side, you're going to look at, at your, you're going to have a life review of your last life. And you can look to see all the mistakes you made and all the challenges you failed to meet. Uh, and he says most likely you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go back again. I'm going to try another life. And this time I'm going to beat it. And it's not because somebody is making you do it. It's because you have a you feel a moral imperative to go back and to try to uh, try to you know, meet the challenge again and this time beat it because that's just part of your evolution and growth as a soul. And so yeah, we, we if we make some really bad mistakes in one life, chances are we're going to come back and try to uh, in a different life and try to you know reface the lesson and, and make amends and try to and try to learn from uh, from the experience. So. That's why we have a lot of incarnations on this planet because it's hard to sort of learn all your lessons and get everything right in one life. And so we often have That's several true. lives, in some cases hundreds of lives, uh, and then once, once we're satisfied that we've sort of uh, faced all the challenges and, and, and beat them and we've learned all our lessons, then we can say, okay, I've graduated from this planet and I'm going to you know, hang out on the spirit side or go to a different planet and incorporate into a different life form. So I would say it's entirely up to us. We decided when we graduated and we decide if we want to keep on coming back. And he says, you know, for some spirits, so they may find life on earth so harsh that even though they haven't learned all the lessons they're supposed to learn, they need to say, the heck with that place, I've had enough of it, I'm not going back. And that's certainly our choice as well. But obviously, uh, you know, uh, most souls keep on coming back because they just... Uh, they just look at it as being a challenge. He says, you know, we, we look at life on Earth as a, as, a, could be, as, a, as a very difficult sort of environment, and it is for us. But he says for souls on the spirit side, uh, a lifetime of 80 years for a human life on Earth is just like a blink of an eye because they don't have linear time on the spirit side. They don't have a past and a future and a present. They have only a present. And so an 80-year lifespan is just like a, a brief little journey. So you know, when we're looking at it, you know, I've often heard people say, God, life on earth is so horrible. I hope to heck I don't have to come back in another life. Well, Albert says that when that person gets to the spirit side, you know, the, 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 the thought of coming for another incarnation on earth is not that daunting at all because it's just a blink of an eye and then be back in the spirit side. So uh, we, we look, he says we look at things much differently when we're on the spirit side than we do, uh, you know, in, in, on our human journeys on earth. And I, I totally agree. Like, if I, I kept failing economics and something else, history or whatever, in college, I'm going to keep going back until I ace that puppy because I want to graduate, you know. So that's a good, <laughs> that's a good example right there. And, and additionally, you know, it's free choice. You know, this place is a grill, but apparently uh, growth in knowledge and spirituality is at a much accelerated rate on earth than it is other places because it's the most difficult place to go to, to to learn from and if you choose to stay on the other side say, I'm not coming back I hated the place and you stay there you'll learn there too at a much slower pace but you'll learn and that's eternity and here is a blink of an eye uh, just like you're watching the history channel and they're talking about 
the activity of a volcano and this and that and say, yeah, it takes thousands of years to form, but that's only uh, a minute in geological time. Well, we're here for a minute incarnation for a brief period compared to eternity. This is nothing. And, and when we go to the other side, we're not standing by a judge who's going to say, you're going to hell because you, you know. No. It's pure love in heaven, I believe. Pure love. So you come back out of here and you know, all the stuff you did good, you get praise for. But you can feel in your heart, your heart breaks when you realize the bad things you did. So for your conscience, you're going to want to make that right and go back and do it again and get it right. So am I kind of right on my game as to what I'm saying is going on so far from what you're saying? You're absolutely right, David. You, you hit it, the nail on the head. Um, because, uh, you know, you know I, I mentioned before, when we cross over, we have a life review. Not life review is intended to just uh, as a learning tool. And so we go over the details of our past lives. Uh, like, you know, he says, Edward says it's like watching a 3D movie or you can actually jump in and sort of relive parts of your life. But the wow. best part of the life review, he says, is that we get to hear the thoughts and feel the emotions of the people we interacted with during our lives. I've heard so, that. I have so, heard that, yes. So if, so, if you, so if you said something mean to a coworker one day at work, you'll get to actually feel his sadness and despair at your, at your cruelty. You, know, it, you actually get to feel what he was feeling. And so that really hits home. Or if, you've, uh, if you shovel the driveway uh, of, of your elderly neighbor after a snowstorm, you'll get to feel her you know, deep gratitude for your very kind deed. So you get the good and the bad, and, and so you learn from both of them, but it really is a learning tool. And, and so then when you finish your life review, you, you can say, okay, um, for most people, uh, you know, I've, I've created some bad karma there. I need to go back and, and to find another life and to try to make amends and try to do things better. So that's what most souls do. But the, the other interesting thing is that, uh, uh, you, you know, David said there's nothing but unconditional love on the spirit side. That's exactly right. And so if you were murdered on earth, when you go back to the spirit side, you won't feel any hatred or animosity or need for revenge against the perpetrator of your murder, but you will just love each other unconditionally and appreciate that you are both having a journey to experience things. And that happened maybe because the perpetrator lost control of his negative emotions and, and, and bad things happen. Bad things happen on earth, but all souls realize that and when they're back on the spirit side, it's sort of just nothing but love and compassion for each other because they understand there what life on earth was all about. Well, not only that, but maybe they may have agreed to let that happen. So one can learn from the other, and on the opposite way around, they could both learn from the experience because, after all, we're not in reality. It's like the matrix we're in, and heaven is the real world, and so... You can't be really harmed or killed. You have internal love, life, and peace over there. So we just can't very briefly go through this like a scenario to learn from. Like when you go to a police academy and retire deputy sheriff, and we went through scenarios. So we go through scenarios here, and sure, it, it may uh, cost a life, but not in reality. It costs a life in this reality, but you go back to the permanence of that beautiful place of peace. You bring back knowledge. And we, I believe we have to continue to learn because if it's true what it says in the Bible, after the sixth day, God created everything and he rested, then everything would disappear. It would cease to exist. 
nothing can exist if it's you know creation is finished creation i believe is perpetual we will always continue to learn that is the nature of our being we must keep going we must keep learning our body sleeps but our spirit never sleeps because it's energy you have to keep trudging on and uh, learning is an eternal process otherwise if we learn everything what's the purpose bye bye does that make sense to you no, absolutely, you're right. We're on a, a, a never-ending trek of learning and experience things, and there's no finish line, and there's no timetables or deadlines for how we get there. And because the universe is constantly changing and expanding, there's never, uh, there never ceases to be new things to, uh, to explore, new things to learn, new life forms to incarnate into. So, we, yeah, it's a, it's a continual, perpetual experience for eternity. It never ends, never stops, um, and that's just who we are, you know. So think about yourself being on vacation, you know, in the Bahamas, you know, and you've been there for two, you retired, you've been there for two years not doing anything. After a while, you got tired of going to the beach, and now all you're doing is watching shows, hoisting up the glass and falling asleep day and night, day and night. Then after a while, you're thinking about, well, what's, you become depressed. What's the purpose of this? I'm not doing anything. I already did everything. I'm retired. What do I need to do now? We need to stay active. You need to go out and talk to people, help people, uh, swim in the ocean, go out and socialize. You know, doesn't that make sense? So we have to keep going, always. Absolutely. You're dead right. We have to keep going. And, in fact, that is what we do is that, you know, once we're back in the spirit side, we realize that we, we need to keep on evolving. We need to keep on going. And there's never a, a time where you say, I'm, that's it, I'm stopping. I'm not going to learn anymore. I'm retired. This doesn't happen, Albert says, because that's just – that's not the way it is, and all souls know they have to continue to learn and evolve and grow, and that's what we do, and we do that by incarnating on the physical plane, or as you say, if we want to take it slower, we can still learn on the spirit side. Entirely up to us, and no one tells us, you know, how fast we have to advance or what our timetable is because there aren't any timetables. We're eternal souls who live forever, and we're all, it's all part of a perpetual learning experience. Now, my, my take on Albert is that he's been here had many more incarnations than you have had. He's been through a lot. And so now he's not learning as much. He's still learning, but now he's more focused on teaching, see? Just like you have learned and you're still learning, but now you're focusing on teaching because you are doing it through your books. So so there comes a time when you reach a certain point. Yeah, you know, even the teacher still learns. Even the teacher's teacher still learns. You will always do that, but the main focus now of the teachers is now to give back and teach from what they've learned. So I think that's what your guide is doing, and you're becoming kind of like your guide. You're still going to for guidance and advice and still learning, but now you've been molded to the teacher. Now you're starting to teach, and believe me, that's on the same page as me, too. I don't know everything, but I surely concur with everything that you said. I mean... Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree with everything that you said and your guide has taught you. It's just amazing. Yeah, David, I think that yeah, uh, Albert certainly is in the teaching mode, uh, and he has uh, lived on Earth in many lives. He didn't go into details for how many. Uh, he and I had had a few lives together, actually, as he gave me a brief description of, so we have incarnated together. Uh, but he is clearly into the teaching mode, and, and yes, you're right, just because he's teaching doesn't mean he stopped learning, because teachers can learn as well, as you mentioned. And so he's He's very much in the teaching mode, and I think he's trying to uh, mold me into that fashion as well. 
uh, and I'm happy to do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I follow his marching orders. He's very wise. He knows much more than I do, and so I'm happy to follow his lead. Uh, you know, uh, first I want to say something about your name. Uh, Garnet is also the name of a gem, which is my wife's birthstone, and it's a beautiful gem. I love it. It has good energy to it. <laughs> but that being said, do you? Are you interested? Have you been interested, like in history? Have you been curious? And you know, some people like. Oh yes, I'm interested in the Knights of the Round Table or the Cowboys or of the Old West or something like that. But why am I keep getting something about ancient Rome around your energy? Does that mean anything? Uh, ancient Rome? No, I don't think that doesn't mean anything to me. But it may become apparent to me at some point when I'm uh, uh, dealing with Albert. It, it yeah, why well, can't? It's more connected to Albert in ancient Rome. Maybe you might ask him one time why I just keep getting it and getting it and getting it. So I decided, you know, once you get it over three times, like when you're doing the reading, then you, you talk about it because it's being pushed on you, you know, not yeah, in a negative way. So you might want to look into that. Why am I seeing something about Rome or ancient Rome tied to you or Albert or both of you? Uh, yeah, you I will know, ask Albert. It, it could be that something that either he's connected or I am or we both are because you're getting such a strong reading. So I will ask him about it, David, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I find out. Okay, and one of these days I'm going to have to give you a reading, too, just for the heck of it, because I'm very curious about you. You're, you're definitely an advanced soul for sure. And, you know, some people say, well, I was a medium at 12 years old or 16, and I did all my stuff. Well, other people said I, I was a medium, too, but I didn't start doing it until I was 55. You know, well... Sometimes when you come here in this incarnation, I believe, you need to go through a certain amount of things before you can start doing what you need to do, just like you did. You, you know, you finally retire, maybe I'll be a little bit early, but, and to do what you're doing is amazing because maybe you couldn't have done what you're doing now 30 years ago, do you think? Is there a reason that you started, just started happening to you at this time in your life? Well, no, I think it's clearly all, all planned out very well. Albert told me, he says, he says, like 30 years ago, he says, I wouldn't have written any of my books, and if I had, no one would read them, because pe humanity people just weren't ready for the message yet, and so that's why I'm sort of basically biding my time practicing law until the time was right for Albert to come into my life and for me to write my books, and so it was all, I think, timed very perfectly, because 30 years ago, I would have been wasting my time, and so... Uh, you know, when he came into my life in 2007, it was a good time. And, of course, he had he and I had pre-planned this all before I was born. I don't remember any of that, but, but we, we, we planned it out uh, pretty well. And, and of course, as, as things progressed on Earth, Albert kept track of what was happening in terms of uh, humans being enlightened and ready for the message that he was about to give them. And then when he felt that they were, uh, they were ready, then he uh, showed up in my life and away we went. That, that makes a lot of sense, absolutely a lot of sense. That's the point I was trying to make, too, because... If I had written my first book 30 years ago, you know, yeah, right, you know. So, I mean, times have changed. I've seen it, and I know you've seen it too. You know how people looked at, talking about back then they called them flying saucers, and now they call them UFOs. People would laugh at you. Oh, I saw a ghost. Ah, there's no such thing as a ghost. You know, nowadays there's so many shows on TV about all that, and, and people are, are more open-minded. And the new generation didn't grow up hearing the words that we did or being laughed at. And they were, they're growing up seeing these shows on TV and it's opening their minds. 
So in a way, I think that's, a, you know, a lot of it's junk, but uh, some of the documentaries are pretty good. So I think that that's a good thing as well. Plus, there's more books like what you're writing now on the market that are nonfiction, you know, that are very important books. And I, I, I like the way that this part of the future that I'm growing up into, I, I love it. When I was a kid, the teacher said, it will never go to the moon. It's impossible, you know. And now look at us. You know, it's, it's just amazing the way things have changed. And that's why I'm so grateful to meet somebody like you with these wonderful books that you have. Well, thank you for saying that. And I'm very grateful to meet uh, you two uh, with, with your, uh, by you know, helping me spread my message through your, your, your uh, radio show. And that's all very important because we're all, as I said, we're all channels from the spirit side. We do things you know, in different fashions, uh, but we're also there to facilitate the spreading of the message from spirit that they want us to hear, uh, that they want all humans to hear. And so the more of us who are, you know, sponsoring radio shows or hosting radio shows or writing books, the more, the more people that are doing that, the greater the chance that more and more humans will be able to receive that message and react to it in a positive way. I think so. I really do. And you know, I do as well. I'm definitely going to, um, reposted on Facebook and Twitter. And unfortunately, I'm not on Instagram or LinkedIn or all these others. No, it's just I'd be all day on the computer if I was in there. I'm not ready for that yet, but, you know, I'm good enough now. But we did have some technical difficulties at at the beginning of the program, and so this is being recorded. So what I'm going to do after the show, I'm going to download it, edit it out so there's no dead time, and repost the show to where it gets right into the meat from the beginning to the end. So I just want to let you know that and anybody listening in the audience that may be still listening at this time. That sounds great, David. And I'd be happy to download the recording and post it on my website and my YouTube page. What I do is once I uh, download it and edit it appropriately and repost it successfully, then remove the original so it's a smooth, clean show. It's so technical. I'll send you the, the link to it and then you can use it. I will do that and it will be it will be today for sure i appreciate that david i look forward to it and uh yeah it's been a it's been a great great show you guys have uh have great questions and it makes uh, my job so much easier as a guest when you have a you know very uh insightful host that uh that, that sort of lead the conversation in the in the right direction and i know you're being guided from spirit when you're asking me the questions yes. and uh, i think that's great i believe i am i really do and i believe that we met there's no such thing as coincidences but rather i believe in synchronicities more and i believe that there's a reason we came together and i also feel that we're going to be talking on the air again in the future uh, not only that but i want to i want to have you back on because you're an amazing guest and definitely support you yes for sure uh, yeah. well thank you for saying that i, I and, and I, i'd be delighted to come back again maybe when book four is out uh, and we can talk about that. And uh, yeah, I very much enjoyed the show, and I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to to tell uh, the world about Albert's uh, revelations. Oh yeah, Albert is an amazing guy. Tom, I said hi and thank you for what he does. I'm, but I already know he's listening. So your book, Dance of Heavenly Bliss, is your latest book. And would you please tell the guest, uh, in your words, what is your website? And we have the other Facebook and the other ones posted at the bottom of the page. Yeah, the best source of information about me and, and, and Albert's revelations in my books are on my website, uh, which is garnetschulhauser.com. That's hard to remember, David, So, but if anybody Googles 
dancing on a stamp, they can get to my website. On my website is information about all three of my books. You can download a free excerpt. You can watch a book video. Um, you can uh, watch uh, recordings of all the radio shows I've done uh, since my first book was released, and this is show number 93 for me, David. Um, Excellent. And, uh, yeah, and so the and also my all of my um, social media sites are there. there you don't have to click on the little icons. You can get to Facebook and uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and Google Plus and a number of the other ones. Um, so I'm very active on my social media sites, uh, and so you can dial into theirs and, and be up to date on, on the publishing schedule for my next book and so on and my public appearances. So that's the best source of information. Go to my website. My email address is there. And I'd be very happy to hear comments or questions from your listeners. Well, that's wonderful. I'll definitely do that. I also promote your book, and uh, wondering. And I'm also in Google Plus too. That's the third thing. But uh, do you have video on YouTube or some video somewhere that I'm able to get permission to just post it? Say, folks, watch this video. Yeah, yeah be- I, have, I have a YouTube channel, and you can get to it from my website just by clicking on the YouTube icon. It takes you right to my YouTube channel. I've got uh, videos of all of my radio show interviews, of my uh, uh, other interviews, of my uh, conference presentations, uh, and uh, so, so it's all there. And you can you're, you absolutely can download anything you see there, David, and uh, use it as you may. Okay, uh, and I'm just getting ready to where you know I put many shows on my regular YouTube channel, and I've just created a Beyond the Gate YouTube channel. But I wonder if I have permission to put an image of your book on YouTube for a show that we're, you and I are talking on right now when I you know, put it on YouTube. Absolutely. You have my permission, David, for sure. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. We had an absolutely great time. These are the kind of shows that I love. And how about you, Sherelle? I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much, Garnet, for coming on and speaking with us and our listeners again. And I cannot wait to have you again in the future. Thank you so much. And thank you, too, for uh, being such great hosts and for inviting me on your show. Thank you. God bless. Keep working on that next book. We can't wait to to read about that. And um, we'll talk to you in the near future. Thank you. uh, And uh, take care, you guys. And Have a great weekend. Thank you. We will. Thank you. We will. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks. This has been Beyond the Gate Radio, a special show on Thursday, May 12, 2016. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, Sherelle, have a nice, (laughs) nice working with you again. And thank you to all the listeners, including Nick French and all the other people that are Hardcore listeners. Good night. Good night.